Yeah, you know, you're so right with that in the sense of it's important to have partnership with your children, teaching them at all ages to accept their mistakes, to set boundaries, and to feel their emotions. The earlier we do that, the earlier they will then begin to learn how to live their best life. And, you know, most importantly, what you said to loving yourself first to be able to show them these tools and these techniques. Good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am so awesome and I am so jazzed. Oh my gosh. I mean, welcome. Welcome, my fellow cohort. I am so grateful that we are get to share this space and chat about topics that are definitely near and dear to our hearts, as well as like dive into the coaching that you offer for not just individuals, but for parents as well. And Mm -hmm. I would love, love, love if you just say hi to the listeners and share a little bit about your journey, if you don't mind, and how you went from like, okay, this is self-love and acceptance, and this is how we do it um, through attachment parenting and loving ourselves through that. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, I'm Holly. Um, I am a mom of four, so I have four kids, a daughter, and then three boys, Um, a wife, um, yeah, a coach and a teacher, just really loving those things. And my journey um, is actually super close related to my journey as a parent. So my own self-love journey and my parenting journey really have intertwined from the beginning. Um, so when my daughter was two, she, and then I had a newborn, so she's my oldest. And then I had a newborn. So I had two kids. She was supposed to be taking a nap and I went up to see, you know, what was up. Cause I could hear things happening up there. Um, you know, and I'm trying to get the baby to sleep and doing all the things. And she was playing quietly, but playing with her stuffed animals. And for whatever reason that triggered me. And I kind of went into a rage and was Mm. yelling at her and threw her stuffed animals out of the room and left her room and went, okay, this cannot be how it is. I like, I got to figure something out. I cannot, (laughs) like, I'm not okay with that. So my, so then, you know, started finding tools. Okay. Find a book. And I was reading this book and was just like, oh my gosh, there's this other way. But as you know, I would do that. Then I would have to figure out how to love myself that way. And I would figure out how to do that. And then I could love my kids a little bit better and then figure out places. I wasn't offering myself grace or acceptance. And once I would figure that out, then I was able to offer that to my kids. So it was just like, it's just this whole time has been such an intertwined journey of I figure something out and I can offer it to them or I see something in my interactions with them that leads me to go, oh, something must be off inside of me and I got to figure that out so that I can come back and really treat them the way that I want to. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that is, you know, I love when you, I, I love your honesty when you're talking so much about rage because I think every parent can go through that. Every parent has that moment sometimes once or twice <laughs> as we're right. raising our kids to be like, oh my gosh, I am so mad. And then we, you know, our actions just go because we've got all this pent up emotions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and exhaustion and, and everything like that. And, and especially right. during different stages in our lives. And I love that you're talking about, you picked up this book and you had to learn how to love yourself first. 
mm-hmm. how to begin to see where you're at in life. And so as you were going through that process, was there any ever time that you're like, okay, well, as you're doing it, you were growing at the same time? Oh, yeah, the whole time. Yeah. You mean as a parent? Yeah. Well, because yeah. you're seeing that you also, you know, I love that you're teaching your kids this too, because again, I, I wish we could all break down school systems and like somebody like, let's teach this in school about how right. to love yourself. And so here you are, you know, you're going through it. So you're like, Hey, why not just do this for my kids as well? So what was that process like in the sense of, did you have to fully figure it out or was it just like, okay, let me try this now. Oh yeah. I kind of, I love to learn things. And so Mm -hmm. as I learn things, I immediately am so excited to share it with everyone. So I kind of try things out as I'm learning and just go, okay, we're going to try this out. So oftentimes I find my daughter's 12. So, you know, old enough to have some of these really deep, amazing conversations um, that as I'm learning something, I'm learning this new depth of something. She's not that far behind me in her learning of it Mm -hmm. as well. And so we really are learning so much at the same time. I I love it. I think it's beautiful. I mean, yeah, and it is, especially at that age. I mean, did you have that as a, as at that age at 12 years old, did you have any type of someone out there that's like, okay, Hey, let's try this or let's calm down or let's breathe. Like what are some of those techniques that you've learned to help with the kids. Yeah. To help, to with help kids, myself. To help with or to help yeah. I mean, myself. I, I would love for you to talk about, you know, yourself first. Cause I think you okay. are on the right path and saying, look, we've got to be able to love ourselves first and figure out, mm-hmm. you know, what our things are to be able to teach our kids. So yeah, if you don't mind sharing a little bit, like what are some of those techniques and tools that you utilize for yourself to be able to parent? Yeah. So much of it is really just being aware and allowing space for everything that comes up. So just, it's kind of like, I talk to my kids about being a detective and going, okay, we got to be a detective and figure out what's going on here. I love that. Yes. Yeah. So when I, if I get super angry, like, okay, woo, something's happening inside of me. Um, So for me, it's looked like a lot of um, I, at first I had no idea how to find what was happening in me. So I needed a lot of help with people asking me questions so that I could like, okay, well, what happens if that worst thing that you're imagining happened? Oh, okay. Well, I guess I feel like then I wouldn't matter anymore or, you know, get to this really deep root thing. And that's where I feel like all the growth happens is if you can mm. take care of, oh, wait, I actually do matter. Even if whatever thing is happening out here, who that mattering is solid and doesn't get to change. And so, so much of it is, okay, I have to go back to what is the root of the thing and what is the truth of it? So, you know, at first I thought if I didn't feel like I mattered, I must not matter. So having to learn, oh, okay, there's actually a truth, regardless of what my feelings say, there's actually a truth out there. So some of it's finding these truths. A lot of it's asking for help to dig through the things that come up. Um, yeah, books, lots of books, podcasts. I'm aware that as we learn new things, we just kind of have to like be immersed in it. So when I'm finding something that I'm aware I need to learn and grow in, I kind of just try to find everything I can to just fully absorb my whole body, like dunk my body in so that it's just everywhere and filling me up. Yeah. 
No, and, and I, I'm totally right there with you. I think that, you know, I love when you said the root and the truth mm-hmm. as if like they're, they're two different things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and cause I know that when we get to our root of ourselves, like the root of like our identity, like what is going on with the root of our stories and why do we keep saying them to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and then we find that truth in that. And, you know, awareness is key. We all know that. I mean, that's, right. that's just number one thing. Um, but I really love, I really enjoy how you said, you know, you have to give yourself space. You have to give yourself grace. You have to be able to give yourself that time to process. Do you, how do you, whenever it comes to like with your children and, and other clients that you coach when it comes to parenting, are there some times where it's just like, okay, how do we, do we have to teach them like this, um, you know, this defensive shield first, like, okay, before you feel this feeling, you know, make sure you respond instead of react. Um, say more about that defensive shield. What's that? Yeah. You know, in the sense of a defensive shield of where, you know, before you like lash out, before oh, you mm-hmm. lash out at your kids or the kids lash out at you, is there a point to where it's like, we have to be able to teach ourselves. Okay. Well, I'm just, cause you know, society teaches just walk away, right. just walk away and, and go from that, you know, how does that walk away process happen and does it need to happen? Yeah, for sure. There are times where it's like, okay, we need to pause here. I'm, you know, the mama bear in me is coming out. You just punched him. And I'm like, rah, and I need a minute. And so we all are going to just separate spaces for a minute so that I am not now also lashing out. Cause I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But the words, I think, you know, instead of just storming away, it's like, Oh, I need to pause. I need a time out. I got to take a break for a second. So that kind of helps with the like, you know, it's not just angry storming. Um, But then too, there are times where if I can stay in a good place, then I can help navigate there. Like, okay, you're super, super angry. That's okay. Let's figure out how to communicate that in an honoring and respectful way to your sibling so that we can work out this interaction together. If they can't do that, which sometimes a lot of times they can't, then we have to work it out one-on-one with each individual person before they're ready to come together. Yeah, that's, that's right on point, you know, in the sense of each individual, because I mean, I only have one kid, so I, I feel like I'm lucky in that sense, (laughs) Uh but you know, when you have more than one, you know, each of them have different individual uh, thoughts and ideas and emotions at the same time, right? How they see and fights and like that. And I know on, on when you offer your coaching, you offer offer this type of attachment parenting. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a lot of, I did attachment parenting um, with my son uh, and still continue to do that. Cause I don't think there is an age that we have to stop attachment parenting. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but can you go into attachment parenting and you know what it is that you offer for that? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I looked up the definition of it cause I was like, you know what? I, I don't, actually know the definition. I know my definition. I'm curious what the actual definition and some of the things I found did talk more about like nursing as a, you know, nursing your baby or co-sleeping, um, which can be attachment parenting things, but not all of what it doesn't encompass all of what I'm saying. Um, so they talk about, it says, you know, uh, raising or the child's development being really closely related to the relationship with their parents so that the child has really deep emotional relational needs and that it's the parents who get to meet those needs. And as those needs are met, then the kids emotionally mature. 
um, so as I, so that was the definition I found when I talk about emotion, uh, attachment, parenting, I'm talking about that. And also for me, it means, um, moving away from this outward sense of motivation where mm. punishment, control, fear, shame, you know, these outside things to try and control the kids to really this inward motivation of relationship and connection where they're going, oh, you know what, who do I want to be? I actually mm -hmm. don't want to be someone who speaks unkindly. And so then I'm getting to walk with them. It's more of a side-by-side -side thing where I'm like, oh, okay, that's not who you want to be. How can we, you know, what happened there? What can we speak to your heart so that you know you don't need to lash out that way? Or what do you need to, like, do you need some new tools so that when that situation happens, that's not the first thing that comes to mind. So it's really much more of a partnership. Um, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. So that, so that's what I'm, when I'm talking about attach, attachment parenting, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, whenever, I mean, I got chills from it there when you say partnership and, you know, and I think it's because, you know, and, and I'm just going to get that elephant out of the room, you know, in society and how much they're just like, yes, you know, to get your kids to sleep through the night, you're going to have to let them cry in their crib for a while. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I don't know about most people, but I, I was like, oh my gosh, that is, my heart is breaking. My heart is hurting. Like every yeah. nerve and fiber in my body was like, this is, is not right. Right. You know? So when we talk about, you know, teaching them shame and teaching them to question and teaching them to figure it out and, and to gain that individual identity for themselves and to have partnership with, you know, the child and the parent, the parent and the child, knowing that it's going to change throughout time as they get older, right. you know, with their, you know, cognitive brain development, but what do you, I mean, have you learned through your coaching practices that it doesn't matter how young the child is like it, like, does it like, when can, when, when should people start attachment parenting? Yeah. Oh yeah. All, at very beginning. Yep. I, you can yeah. start at the very beginning. So I was, you know, the same as you, my daughter, I thought, okay, well, this is how you do it. You're, they're supposed to cry themselves to sleep. Like they're supposed mm -hmm. to learn how to be independent. And so I d did that and also felt sick and just like, ah, this isn't right, but this is right. how you have yeah. to do it, I guess. Um, and so again, that was part of my, you know, with my, my second born going, okay, well, he wouldn't sleep unless he was touching me. So that was kind of, you know, we kind of had to break all the rules just so everybody could get some sleep with him. But there was also this learning of, oh, maybe there's a different way. Maybe there's something else out there. So for sure, you can start at the beginning. It doesn't have to mean co-sleeping. It doesn't have to mean specific sets of things, but just kind of figuring out, oh, when they're crying, they're actually communicating that they need something from me. And they, I get to figure out what it is they need. How can I meet that need? How can we, again, that partner, like, how can I be on a team with them? This is all they have. Yeah. I'm going to figure out how to yeah. team up with them from here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so true. You know, and I, and again, that partnership is just like, oh my gosh, I love that word. Cause it really is. I think there's oftentimes when, as we parent, you know, everybody, you know, 
wants to have that control over their kid. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do this. Don't do that. You know, I remember reading one time before uh, an attachment parenting book. That's just like, don't let the word no be their first word. Mm-hmm. You know, try to try to rephrase everything that you can um, before you say no, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, there it's like, and people love it. They, I mean, there's so many videos, TikTok videos out there where kids are like, no, no, right. no, you know, and it's just like, oh my gosh, why do we, why right. are we teaching, teaching them the first word, you know, and it would be totally awesome if, if, you know, their first word was, you know, help me, right. you know, that would be just, just the most amazing gift we could be able to give them, you know, and when we talk about, you know, growing as individuals and, and doing this with our kids at the same time, you know, that experience, that journey you went through, it's like, okay, I'm, I've learned this, let me now implement this, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. What are some, what are some of the things that, you know, even with yourself, you know, if you want to dive into what about yourself or with your, with your kids, like what happens when, you know, they make huge mistakes? Yeah. You know, you, you've got a 12 year old going on, you know, getting ready to like live her best life out in the world. And, you know, how do we teach these kids? Oh my gosh. Like you just made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first thing, as I was thinking about that word mistakes, I just was like, Oh, first I, to realize as a parent, emotions are not mistakes. And so I think that can be real easy is to go, Oh, they're angry. Okay. You shouldn't be angry. Don't be angry. Well, they're angry. It's an emotion. It just happens. We don't actually get to pick which emotions. That'd be awesome if we could. Right. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Let me just pick that out. Right. So, okay, you're angry. Cool. Let's figure out how to navigate this together. And so that was my first thought on emotions or mistakes was just, okay, emotions are mistakes. Um, The second thing I was thinking about mistakes is just for us to have this general sense of mistakes are okay, that we all are going to make mistakes. We're all like, that is just a part of it. Um, like developmentally when our babies are learning to walk and they fall, technically that is a mistake. Like they fell down, their goal was walking and they didn't do it, but we are aware to go enough to be like, Oh, that's just how it goes. You just stumble sometimes when you're learning to walk. That's okay. It's no big deal. They're going to figure it out. So the same gets to be true as we're five years old and 10 years old and 37 years old. Like, I, I can make mistakes and I, I like learn from that. I learn, Oh, when mm-hmm. I stood this way, that wasn't enough balance on that foot or, you know, we get to navigate our mistakes that way. So, um, I think I forgot the actual question as I was getting there. No, it's all good. We were just talking about like, you know, how do we teach, how do we teach the kids oh, to accept mm-hmm. the mistakes they've made? You know, cause I know, I know as we go through this and as we go through our own self-love process, you know, and I love, I love, um, you know, I was checking out your website the other day and I love how you talk about um, that. A lot of it is just truly about going through that self-love and acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and the things that we have to accept, you know, and, and as we parent, as we go through our own mistakes, you know, how do we teach them to accept their mistakes? How do we, how do we teach these kids? Yeah. That? A lot of it, I think, is probably how we handle it with them, that when we don't freak out when they make mm. mistakes, they also learn, oh, I guess I don't have to freak out when I make a mistake either. Um, mm-hmm. So there's some sense of that. So when my, you know, a kid comes to me and says, hey, I did this thing, 
or I found out, Hey, I'm, I'm seeing your, you know, you're sneaking this or, you know, there's some kind of a breaking of a boundary here. Oh yeah, I am doing that. Okay. Like what's happening. So I'm not going to freak out that you're making a mistake. We're going to figure this out together. Like we do with everything else. We're going to figure out, you know, is it something you're sneaking, whatever YouTube. Okay. We have a boundary of, you know, YouTube happens when other people are around, when there's, uh, somebody knows so that we can make sure your brain is protected. So if you're choosing to sneak the things I gotta have, I'm going to have to figure out how to make sure I can keep your brain protected. So it's just really like, okay, the mistake's not the problem. We'll figure that out. We really just need to figure out what's happening in your heart. Why are you, why are you going to that mistake? All these things are fine. It's fine to make mistakes. We'll just figure it out together. So for me, it just kind of keeps coming back to, this is fine. It's okay that there's a mistake. How can we figure this out together? So then the mistake never feels like a huge thing. It never feels big and giant and shameful. It just feels like, oh, okay, this is just how we do stuff. Yeah, I love how you're like, okay, we've made some mistakes. Let's see where that's coming uh-huh. from. You know, and just that, just that calm alone. Uh, you know, I, I, even when you said it, I was like, oh, so, so uh-huh. sweet. You know, in the sense of like, yeah, I can under, I can see how, it, you know, because, you know, yeah, it's, we do the same. You know, it's like, hey, look, this is, you know, you're not, if you just tell the truth, right? It's like, we have to teach our kids how to tell the truth and that it's going to be okay if they do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, don't punish them, don't harm right. them. And, you know, and, and I love how you incorporated, like, it's not really mistakes. We've just we're going through something. So let's figure out what that Mm -hmm. is and touching on boundaries a little bit, you know, you know, I'm, I'm starting to develop that now with my own son, you know, and trying to figure out, okay, what are, what are the boundaries that we have? Okay. Well, this is the limitations on screen time. This is the limitations on, you know, how much food we have. This is a limitation. And I thought to myself for a second, you know, why am I saying the word limitation? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm like, I am limiting him to what his thoughts are. And so to figure out, um, the boundaries would be awesome. I would, yeah. If you could help me understand, like, how do you set boundaries? How do you have kids set boundaries for themselves and for the family? And when is, what age does that happen at? You know, when can they really begin to understand what a boundary is? Yeah. Well, you know, I've been setting boundaries for my kids since they were babies when they were nursing mm-hmm. and decided that, you know, as they're teething, they're biting while they're nursing. <laughs> that was a real fast, like, Why? Yes. Hey, this doesn't <laughs> feel very fun for me. So <laughs> like, we're going to take a break from nursing for a minute. Cause I don't <laughs> want that, you know? And so like, that was a yeah. boundary I had from the very beginning and they didn't have any idea what was happening, but it was me taking care of me. And so, you know, it can start from the very beginning. They don't have to have any idea what the heck is happening. A boundary is we're not going to play in the street because this isn't safe. And so like, if you choose to go in the street, we'll just go play in the backyard where it's fenced in, or we'll go play in the house. So it's again, not the anger or the like, whatever punishing, but like, this is my boundary. We don't play in the street because it's not safe. If you choose not to honor the boundary, we'll figure out a way to keep you safe. Um, So they can start just at the very beginning. But then, you know, teaching boundaries as they get older and can understand boundaries is really an, I am kind of navigating that with my kids right now. And it's so fascinating. You know, I have my 12 year old is awesome at boundaries, except for they can go from zero to a hundred 
and skip all the, Mm. you know, steps in between. And so, you know, for her, I kind of help her go back to, okay, I hear you want a boundary for this. You know, your, the boys are, your brothers are coming in your room and they're messing with your stuff and they're breaking stuff and moving it and you have everything where you want it and you don't want that to happen. Awesome. I love that you want to protect your stuff and that you like that, that matters to you. But then her boundary goes, don't even look in my room. Don't even let your face cross the threshold of my room. Like it kind of goes from zero all the way up to the fullest thing she could think of. And so we kind of talk through, okay, what are some, like, let's start with some baby boundaries and see if they can handle that. Hey, brothers, when you come in my room, please don't touch my things. And if they can handle that, sweet. If they can't, then we can up. So it's really just kind of figuring out for each kid, as the situations come up, what kind of a boundary do you need? How can you feel safe? And then boundaries with parents is even trickier because I do really respect their boundaries. But, you know, if one kid is obviously super triggered, heart is hurting, and they're saying, no, I don't want to talk about it. I actually, for me, I don't let that go. I will say, okay, we can take, you know, we have some time. Let's revisit it at this point. But it does need to be talked about at this point or before we are going to go do the park or whatever. Like it has to be talked about because one of my jobs is to protect your heart. And so we are going to talk about it. I can give you some freedom to not talk about it right this second. So it is a little bit trickier navigating the boundaries from them to us, I think. Yeah. Well, and and yet they also have to be able to switch up the boundaries to whatever situation is, you know, mm-hmm. good for them. I think, I think that's one thing that we have to learn as well. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to read a little verbiage from your website cause I thought it was so powering. Um, and I'm going to share mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. So it's, it's on the uh, same topic as attachment parents that we're going through. And it talks about, you know, it says, as we learn to love ourselves, we may start to realize our parenting tools need updated. Mm-hmm. I love to help people learn ways to parent without fear or control or punishment, but from a place of deep connection and trust and the brilliance of our kids. Mm -hmm. This lends itself right into unschooling for our family. You know, and I love that you utilized unschooling. Um, Can you touch on that a little bit and what you, what you mean in that sense of unschooling? Yeah. So, um, well, as you know, we were starting to figure out school for the kids and I just was really sad about the thought of not getting to have, be more involved. And so kind of, you know, mm-hmm. what does that look like for us? And, um, school, I was awesome at school, uh, could get straight A's and really felt like I learned very little, you know, I could ace a history test, but then out of school, you know, as an adult, be like, I don't know anything about that history. So aware too, that there was some like, okay, I was really good at regurgitating information, but not actually learning. And so wanting that different too, and kind of discovered this as learning about different philosophies came across this unschooling philosophy, which says, um, that our kid, like our, our kids, us are made to learn and grow. Like we are made to try to figure things out and explore the world and make sense of it. And like, that is just innate inside of us. And so homeschool or unschooling says that we can just allow that to go free and our kids will learn all that they need to learn, um, to become awesome, super smart adults. Um, so for me, part of trusting my kids 
um, being able to figure things out uh, emotionally and relationally and like being able to navigate, like learn all of this stuff goes along with unschooling and giving them the space to learn and grow how they want to. Yeah, you know, thank you for so much for explaining that. I wanted to just go Mm -hmm. into that just a bit. And I love the way that you talk about in the sense of like, (laughs) same as me. Yes, I can ace this history test, but good Lord, I have no idea. (laughs) Right, totally. (laughs) I mean, and that happens. And I know, you know, with the changing of schools and the pandemic and and a lot of schools had to do homeschooling for a while. I mean, we're still doing homeschooling Mm -hmm. with our school right now. And, but also that unschooling of like teaching them, okay, yes, this is history. This is good to know, but how can you be a part of that? How can you do a shift and be a part of history and learn it in a sense of, you know, have that equality for everything that you're learning and being able to love yourself through the whole process, you know, when you have to like do subtraction regrouping, and the kids looking at the math like, oh, my God, I don't know. Borrow one. Where am I borrowing mm-hmm. one? <laughs> right. And so, you know, teaching them to like kind of breathe through it, you know, same, same as we do with writing, like breathe through the homework that you have to learn, breathe through the ideas of the, you know, the typical learning math or learning how to write instead of scribbling down on paper. When it comes to the techniques of, you know, teaching our children to, um, to do things without fear, to be able to like see themselves inside themselves. What are some of those techniques that you utilize for your kids? Is it like meditation? Mm -hmm. Is it breathing? Like, do you have, you know, what are those things that you are coaching other parents to do to just, to just kind of like bring their kids in and have them be a a whole? Yeah. So, um, one of my boys, um, when he gets triggered, his brain just shuts all the way off. And so for him, we've kind of done like these, uh, we, what do we call them? Um, like good treasure hunts or something. And so we all take turns, whoever, sometimes just me and him, sometimes it's, you know, everybody kind of joins in. And so everyone's, it's basically gratitudes We're we're all trying to find something good. So something like that can kind of help (laughs) there's a lot of intuition and kind of like, Oh, okay. And I'm going to try this. And Oh, that doesn't really work. We're going to try this. Eh, that's not helping. We try this. Oh, that seems to be kind of hitting something. Let's try it again. And so there's a lot of kind of feeling it out as you're trying stuff, but that has been something, you know, these like, okay, we're all going to find five things that are amazing um, about today or good about today. It doesn't even have to be amazing. If your brain's all the way sh- shut off, you might not be able to do amazing. You might be able to do, you know what? I'm really glad that it's not freezing cold inside my house today. Awesome. That's great. Um, so something like that breathing for sure. Um, I remember reading, um, Oh, I can't even remember where I was reading it, but she was talking about different breathing techniques to teach your kids to kind of bring some play into it. And one was about blowing bubbles. And so you take a deep breath and imagine you have like the biggest bubble you're about to blow. So you're just taking a really deep breath and now you have to blow this huge bubble. So you have to blow for a long time. Um, or cooling off your soup, you know, so thinking about taking a breath in so that you can blow and cool off your soup. So yeah, breathing is awesome. Um, there can be pot, like, you know, my kid who's a physical touch, maybe he just needs to be touched for a minute to know that he's okay. And that kind of helps calm down his nervous system. 
Um, one of my kids actually really prefers just like, he is so triggered. And my instinct is let's talk about this. Like, let's figure out what's happening. Let's be in this with you. And he needs like five to 10 minutes of just being quiet and he'll go sit and he'll read and then he can come back and we can have a really reasonable conversation at that point. But before that, it's not going to work. So, Yeah. yeah. So those are some of the things I'm sure there's many, many more. No, I know. I like how you say try everything because I, you know, I I truly believe that whenever we're learning to love ourselves and when we're learning to get to the root of our own self and and doing that with our kids at the same time, you know, trying everything is what Mm -hmm. it takes, you know, because I think, you know, our personality is constantly shifting and our identity is constantly shifting in the sense that what we learned yesterday, you know, we now may have developed it and then can and learn something else the next day. You know, and I think trying everything is the right way to, to parent as well. And knowing, well, actually kind of like what you were talking about, you know, with your son, with the physical touch is like knowing what our kids, what their mm-hmm. love language is, you know, how, how do they need to receive love? How, how do they need to find out how they can give love? You know, I mean, it, it, right. it works both ways in the sense of, you know, sometimes we turn around and it's our kid that's the bully Mm -hmm. on the playground. So when you have those, you know, when you realize that, okay, my kid's the bully, you know, how do you, how do you go about shifting that Yeah, Mm -hmm. in the parents and the kid? Yeah. So it would be, I, you know, (sighs) there would be lots of thoughts to have, you know, are, are the parents, is that something the kid is picking up at home? Are they seeing that anywhere in the home because that's going to be the first place they're going to learn it. So if it's happening anywhere where there is that, you know, bullying is somebody getting control over someone else. So is that happening at home or is the kid feeling out of control and they're trying to figure out how to gain a sense of control? Okay. What, why are they? So then it's just these same questions. What, what's feeling out of control? What's happening um, one of my kids, you know, would con- was I kind of was kind of like sneaking slash stealing food out of the pantry. Kind of happened for a while. Would ask about it. Nope, not me. Okay, and got to the point where finally there was a confession. Yeah, I am doing that. Okay, what's happening? And you know, it, in my mind, I'm thinking it's this big, huge, like oh, this desire to be a thief or something. I don't know. And the conversation was, yeah. I'm bored and it sounds, this is kind of exciting and feels kind of uh, exciting to do that. It gives me something exciting and kind of dramatic to do. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, how can we find something that's exciting for you to do? That's not, that's not taking food from the family or sneaky or, you know, hiding. And that has been amazing thing for us to like, as she started to trust me in that, then we could navigate like she, she could come to me and say, Hey, this is what's happening. Oh, okay. Before it happened, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling that desire to do that again. Okay, cool. Well, what can we do? How can we spice something up for you? What can we find that's fun and exciting for you to be a part of? Um, so it's just really like, okay, what is happening? Like, what is this bullying coming from? And that conversation has to be a really safe, really affirming place for it to be able to come what what needs to come out of it or come out of it yeah to be able to have them to be able to feel open you know as you were talking about it it reminded me of um 
uh, shoot, I want to make sure I get the words right. Uh, there was a blog post you did talking about uh, mm-hmm. parenting for connection or good behavior. And, and that sounds like a lot of it right there in the sense of like, you know, we have to parent to connect with our kids to mm-hmm. figure out what is going on. And, and we do that for ourselves right. as well. You know, we have to be able to connect to ourselves to be able to see right. where we're at, you know, why we got so upset or why we're having a low yep. day and things like that. And, and to be able to teach that. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of people, there is so much on good behavior these days. It's like you get a trophy, you get a trophy, that person gets a trophy. Right. Everybody did a great job. And even though I think that is good, I think there's a part where we also have to teach children how to be their mm-hmm. own individual self you know, not feel that peer pressure. Um, With your different ages of your kids, do you ever see that one of them strives for accomplishment um, or competitiveness and another one doesn't? And if so, how do you go about giving them all love and those different things? Yeah, for sure. That earning thing, man, is so, so tricky. Yeah. So, um, yeah, one thing we really talk about all the time is just this sense of worthiness, this innate worthiness. And so that, like, that is something I bring up all the time. So when there's this comparing or competing that happens between siblings, okay, wait, let's pause for a second. Is this, is this healthy competition? Like, yeah, let's play this game and we want to see who wins. Awesome. That's fun. I love that. I love playing board games. I'm trying to win when I play a board game. Right. But I'm not trying to win so that I can be worthy. I'm trying to win because I really just like the competition of it. So there's kind of figuring those pieces out. Are we competing because it's awesome and really fun? Sweet. Are we competing because we're trying to figure out who's more important and who? And so when those things start to happen, then we just go back to the basics of, okay, hey, you can win this and you're the same worthy. You can lose this and you're the same worthy doesn't change you can't make it go up and down so there's just it's the same you kind of find your mantras you know and just like that just becomes oh wait hey let's remember like this is the thing worthiness isn't going up or down we don't have to worry about that um it just stays the same all the time yeah yeah and it really does and i think as we as we do parent you know be able to help them understand how to feel their emotions during that competitiveness as of like playing a game because like <laughs> I don't mess around either if I'm going to play with my kid I'm not I'm not the right. one that's like let me let you win you know it's about it's about no I'm going to do the best I can I just need you to do the best you can you know and and just seeing how that works out uh, for the same and you know a lot of times you know when we have multiple children or we have like outside you know, peers of their, you know, such as their friends group and things like that. And I, and I love how you mentioned your tribe group um, on your website as well. You know, when you talk about having mm-hmm. that environment is, is like one of those healthy and safe places you can't, it's like an authentic environment of, you know, I, I know sometimes we have these friends that, you know, God forbid if we have a deep conversation because right. that's just wrong, right? Like, oh my gosh, no, mm-hmm. we got to talk about subsurface things. And, um, and I'm curious on for, for what you offer in, in both sense of, of individual self and as for children, you know, what is that authentic environment that you coach? What is that, um, way of encouraging others to experience that power of just being in the moment? Oh, I love coaching groups. It's one of my favorite things. Um, but yeah, so yeah. 
the safe spaces is so important. So like this, the atmosphere of acceptance, whether it's one-on-one or in a group, there's this like, you can say whatever and I'm going to be like, okay, that's okay. What, what are we going to do with that? Like, this is fine. This is a fine thing. I'm not scared of that thing. And so just creating that atmosphere that we're all going to exist in where this is going to be safe for everyone. There's going to be acceptance for whatever comes up. We can decide Mm -hmm. that, oh, this thing, like I just, you know, the rage, I just got enraged and threw all of my kids stuffed animals. Okay. Like, that's fine. I hear that's not where you want to stay. And I get that. I wouldn't want to stay there either, but it's okay. We're going to figure it out from here. So a lot of that safe space, like this shared vulnerability happens in groups that I love when we're all kind of like, I'm going to be vulnerable and others are going to like, because there's this atmosphere of acceptance, others are going to receive that. And they're going to, they're going to allow me to be that so much happens when there's, when we get to exist in those kind of spaces together, practicing together, it leaves that same kind of, Oh, I'm allowed to practice and not have it right. And that's allowed in this space. Mm-hmm. So all of that just plays into, you know, we get to learn that together in a group or one-on-one and then you get to go and do that with your kids or with your friends or with whoever, with yourself. You're, it's this, like, again, that kind of immersing learning where you're in the environment and you get to learn from that environment and then transfer it to other places of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 100%, you know, when we're with groups and we can see how open and vulnerable we can be. Mm-hmm. You know, vulnerability is huge. I I think when it comes to self love and being able to, you know, because because yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are those people pleasers that like to be out there and just like I'm just gonna give you face. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. tell you what you want to hear and and things like that. And being able to be present in the moment and in a safe place like that in a safe environment. Um, I mean, that's just phenomenal. That because I think you know, oftentimes when we go through our different stages of life and our different areas of, of self growth and personal growth being, being with like-minded people is truly where it's at and, and, and deciphering like, okay, do I want to keep those people in my life? Do I, you know, what level at do I keep them? Do I keep them close? So I keep them at arm's length. What, you know, what do I do? You know, I have this, um, you know, this GTG method where it's just about mm. gratitude, thought and group and um, where, you know, it, you can, you can, develop so much. And I think that's a lot of part of, um, you know, whenever we're inside those groups, even though we hear something many, many times and read it many, many times, hearing it from someone else, right. Can just be that trigger. That's like, Oh, I get it now. You know, hearing it in different ways than what you've been telling yourself, that story you tell yourself, you know, of being judged and rejected and abandoned and all that stuff that you go through. Um, do you think that, you know, self-love oh, is no. like Yes. As you were talking, I was like, Oh, such a journey. Yeah. No, it just lasts forever. Like I keep thinking, I keep being like, okay, there's yeah. a point in time where I'm going to be like, yay, I got it all. And like, I just don't even know that that exists. I think it probably is just forever. I know for me, it's been years and years and years and it just keeps going. Just keep to learn to love myself deeper and fuller. Something I thought that I already had accepted myself in all of a sudden I'm like, oh wow, there's this even deeper level of acceptance I get to offer myself or this even deeper level of love and um, really just wanting that part of myself that I get to offer 
So yeah, it's really forever. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love that too. I love that you said that, you know, uh, I love, I like that it's forever. Mm. You know, I, I enjoy, you know, when you were talking earlier, you were like, you know, I love picking up books and just learning, you know, and I think that's what we can give ourselves and is to be able to just continue to grow and continue to, and see that sometimes some things that we have are so hidden that we have to be mm. able to just like release them and, and do that in so many different ways, whether it be group, whether it be teaching our kids and we learn through them, you know, I mean, there's so many ways that, you know, you as a coach, especially offer to those venues to people to be able to have them truly see themselves and accept themselves mm-hmm. and love themselves for exactly who they are um, and just be okay with that. So when you have, you know, I'm sitting here as we're talking, I'm thinking about like, again, I have one child <laughs> and I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my path. Um, you know, and, and I love and, and admire, you know, um, like you like such as yourself that have more than one and are dealing with different dynamics of everything. You know, what do you say to the parent that has the mom guilt, has the parent guilt, has the, has the, oh my God, am I doing this right? Yeah. You, say so, to that you know, that would be a huge piece of like, okay, we've got to figure out the right thinking is that, am I doing this right? Would probably go back to trying to earn worthiness and acceptance. And so for me, there would be a lot of like, okay, let's figure out how to separate out your worthiness from your parenting first and take care of that part of your heart because you are worthy no matter what happens on the outside. Even those that day that I went into a rage on my daughter, totally worthy. My worthy didn't change at all. So that would be a piece of it for me. Um, I think another piece is really allow giving yourself the grace to just be on a journey, to be figuring things out that are like our kids. Yes, we have the biggest impact on our kids. Also, we're not going to ruin them. And so even as we're figuring this out and making messes, they get to figure oh, it. Like, yes. They can have the worst childhood in the whole entire world and figure all of that out and learn all of this beautiful stuff and be super awesome and amazing. Like we just aren't going to ruin them. We, we just get to figure out how to do the best for them that we can. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's spot on is just one, the first thing you said is, okay, look, you are worthy. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's figure out how you can see that, you know? And I think that's what a lot of people do. Cause Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there's, there's mom guilt out there all the time, you know, especially right now where it's like, okay, you have to go to school in Mm -hmm. this room. I have to go to work in this room and, you know, throughout the day. And, and I think there's more pressure now on parents and and kids with the pandemic and, and, you know, here in California, you know, we're not back at school yet, you know, so we're still continuing to do that. You know, we haven't reached that colored tier yet to be safe enough to be in that atmosphere. But even if it does, you know, it's now there's a Uh new normal. Now there's a new routine. And I think there's a lot of parents out there that learn, have been learning the unschooling and have been learning you know, how to be able to balance their work at home, their kids at home. So what, what are some things, what are some tools that you can uh, help parents with when it does get back to kids going back to school and everything else going back to the way it is? 
like what do you do with the mm. different adjustments yeah that? those transitions can be really stressful for everyone so I would say you know yeah. there has yeah. to be a lot of grace for that period so if people are going to be maybe planning ahead a little bit if there's going to be this high season of transition and stress how can we as a family plan to have more times of connection at home? How can we plan to have more times of what finding what fills us up and doing that together? Really just uh, lowering the expectations is not, maybe it doesn't feel quite the wording I'm looking for, but you know, some kind of like, okay, we're not going to expect everything to go like clockwork or in the same rhythm that it has for this past year or two years because things are different now. So we're adjusting to this new rhythm. So much grace, so much patience. We're just going to all figure this out. We're going to maybe need, like I said, more time to be refueled, more fun, more whatever to just kind of allow ourselves the rest we need to adjust to all the, the new Yeah. And that's a great point. You know, when we talk about boundaries as well is, you know, just like we are as individuals and as parents, you know, we have to shift when new things come up, <laughs> you know, when, when the new emotions come up or when like, you know, this going back to school now or going back into work, mm -hmm. it's like now there's different boundaries, you know, and the shifting of those boundaries and the shifting of of how it all works and and getting back to the conversation and you know, I truly, I'm truly right there with you when, you know, as we make decisions, right. we have to include our children. You know, we have to include them into those decisions, you know, right. the ones, you know, as we feel comfortable sharing with them, they're a huge part of it. You know, like, let's give them a voice. I think the earlier we give children a voice, um, the better off that. Right. And right. And it's such a tricky thing, you know, navigating how much of a voice do they have, you know, all of that. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. We, we try to mm -hmm. like, okay, what do you guys think about this? This is what we're leaning towards. What do you guys think? Well, we hate it and think it's the worst. Okay. Well, let's talk about why. And like, we care about that, but if it's just cause it's scary, we maybe need to figure out why is it scary? And, but yes, totally. All the, all the things. Yeah. You know, and I love, I love the mm -hmm. why's. It's a, right. And why, and why is that? And why is that? You know, yeah. Cause, you know, with, with kids, depending on their level of, you know, maturity, it really, it really comes down uh -huh. to, you know, what can they process at that time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's a different one. Oh my gosh. So much <laughs> knowledge. You. I love it, Holly. So much knowledge. I so love what you're doing out there. Um, I mean, truly I've, I've actually, I had to take some notes down too, because there's some things that you said that I was just like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I certainly need to start doing that with my own kid, you know, um, always being, always being involved and always, you know, instead of looking at the upset as mm -hmm. an upset, look at it as why is it an upset? What is going on there? What's happening? And, you know, and just to hear you have your own self-love journey and, you know, teaching your own kids and having that journey with them. And seeing their journey of self-love, I'm sure it's, it's amazing, just so yeah. rewarding. It's beyond belief. And um, so I, I, I love this conversation. I, I wish that so many people could um, just take it all on. And hopefully with us chatting about it, it is mm -hmm. the beginning of a new for every parent out there and for every kid as well. 
And um, for anybody out there that, you know, anybody who's listening, anybody who's, um, you know, taking this audio in, how are some ways that people can get a hold of you? Yeah. So my website, which you talked about, is hollyhemsoth.wordpress.com. Will that be, do you want me to spell it? Will it be in your notes or something? Okay. Yeah. So Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, Hemsoth, H-E-M as in Mary, S as in Sally, O-T-H dot wordpress.com. So, um, that's my website. You can email me same Holly Hemsoth at AOL.com. Um, I'm on Instagram coaching with Holly underscore. Um, so those are some of the ways that you can, you can find me. Yeah. And also, and guys, listen, if you uh, just look in the comments, you will see all those links that Holly was talking about inside the comments. Um, I'm going to um, definitely link her website, link her Facebook, link her Instagram on there. So just click a button. Um, (laughs) Don't do it while you're driving, of course, but click a button and um, you guys will see it from there. Holly, I... Um, I am so grateful for what you're doing. I'm so grateful of how many people you are touching and, you know, looking and just hearing you, you know, you can definitely hear the love and the, the passion that you have to be able to Mm -hmm. make this world a better place. Mm -hmm. And we start that by ourselves and then we can continue that with our children and go forth from there, hoping that it just all trickles down. And, um, I love the groups that you do. Oh my gosh. It's so amazing. Yes. Safe place, safe space, atmosphere, like-minded people. Let's get mm-hmm. going with real conversations. I am incredibly thankful for your journey and what you are giving us. Uh, it is truly a gift. Oh, thank you so I much. And thanks for, for having me. This is super fun. I really appreciate getting to be on here and chat with you. No, it was awesome. It was awesome. I, I just can't wait. I mean, I think, um, you know, for most of you that don't know, uh, we both went through the same mm-hmm. life coaching uh, corporation. It's called Journey Co. Uh, J R N I dot Co. C O. And um, it truly was a, a great experience for me to learn the techniques and the ins and outs of it. And I'm so Yay. happy to have a fellow cohort from that and uh, just keep plugging us both along. And um, again, yeah. thank you. Thank oh, you for being that. here. Hopefully, we can have you back on. Uh, later on and just talk a little bit more about more parenting skills, more self-love for each other and uh, all those lovely groups that you give the authenticity for. So yeah, thank you. I appreciate you, Holly. Okay. Thanks. I hope you have a great day.